And this week we have a bonus episode where we welcome to the conditional release program a very special guest, Emily McCulloch-Child, who is a curated writer and researcher who is currently writing a book on the frontier wars. And she's here to discuss the infiltration of anti-vax and subset bullshit into Aboriginal spaces in the Northern Territory. I'm ready to be absolutely fucking incensed. This stuff makes me incredibly angry and it's been a very hot topic recently. So just too hot. It's not good. We're going to kick off with a few disclaimers and then get into it. Emily, thanks for coming on. Hi, Joel. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, um, I'd just like to say, first of all, I'm speaking from Bunurong, Bunwarong country. Yeah, I'm on Gadigal land. And, um, yeah, just a bit of a content warning in case some of the things that I say might be a bit disturbing or upsetting to people. Uh, there's a lot of very dangerous things going on, really, and um, some of it can be quite confronting. But, yeah, I hope it's not too upsetting uh we don't speak on behalf of aboriginal no definitely not we're talking about a situation but we don't want to cross that line in any way shape or form because that's completely uncool and we'll be calling out people who do that to an extent later on (laughs) anyway so just making sure that we're not people here who are sitting here saying this is how it is and you know like we discussed earlier the white savior complex right that's the thing that we're kind of pissed off about yeah that's exactly and, um, yeah, I've been watching this sort of happen over throughout the pandemic build and it's kind of reaching a peak now. So it's been very frustrating to watch it go on and um, I don't want to speak on behalf of anybody but I'm more just observing, really. Yeah, that's it. And so with that out of the way, we're here to talk about the anti-vax infiltration of the Northern Territory because it's been punishing to watch. And... Let's look backwards at the history of this, right? Let's go before all this COVID bullshit. First Nations people have a very good reason to be sceptical of government. With the anti-intervention, stolen generation, deaths in custody, culturally insensitive approaches from child protective services, which is kind of a second stolen generation, as people tend to say, and the list goes on. What's the history of pandemics in Aboriginal history and what's the deal with the general distrust of, you know, government and potentially public health as a result up in the NT? Well, Australia has a really strong history of pandemics since colonisation and I really see pandemics as kind of a useful byproduct of colonisation in effect that they work in terms of um, clearing the land, which is, you know, a primary aim of empire And pre-colonisation on the continent that we now refer to as Australia, there was no disease. So Aboriginal people were incredibly healthy. They didn't have colds, flu, viruses, things like that, cancer, diabetes. Um, If you look at the early writing of um, colonists, they're full of descriptions of Aboriginal people as this is very colonial language, but they're, they're like they were the healthiest or are the healthiest human specimens in the world, the strongest, fittest. Yeah, they they use that kind of language. It's it's disgusting, but um, you can observe this kind of constant observation of Aboriginal people as being incredibly healthy and fit and strong and they didn't die from disease. There was an early medical industry where settlers used Aboriginal bush medicines and sold them and things. It's quite interesting. Fair to say they had the healthiest immune systems in the world. Everyone loves their immune system right now, but yeah. A lot of vitamin C in in kakadu plum it's actually yeah. highest in the world yeah. um and but however when the british arrived the pandemics that were brought here from that absolutely ripped through aboriginal societies yeah. in victoria pandemics killed 90 percent of the population of the aboriginal people uh, and you know 75 percent with the two smallpox yeah. pandemics and also colds and flu and there was also a very terrible epidemic in the northern territory in the 20th century because the colonial frontier there was much later so that's the field that i study the most which is very rich for a researcher because there's just so much material because it yep. happened, you know, later than the East Coast or yeah, Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, records things. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's, it's within living memory of a lot of people even. Um, I, I was have been able to interview many people who many of them have, have passed away now, but they were on the frontier. Yeah, 
Yeah. So we have records of epidemics which were spread through misinformation. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> which is very interesting because it's, yeah. again, you know, a little bit like history repeating and there's yeah. certain people who are obviously very aware of that history, including, of course, Aboriginal people themselves yes. who are trying to stop it from repeating. Yes. But yeah. you're saying, so um, one of the, th- the issues that, that misinformation brought to the fore was STDs. That's one thing was introduced. Yeah, that. so that was the epidemic. Yes, it was introduced. And there was a, a terrible epidemic in the Northern Territory that was brought in by white men that was spread through disinformation. It's pretty horrific. Yeah, there's there's been some academic work done around this, but essentially there was a rumour that went around that Aboriginal women would cure men of STDs. Fuck, really? Mm. That's so bad. Mm. Oh, I knew this episode was going to piss me off. It led to one of the most horrific epidemics that you could imagine. Yeah, I imagine the sexual assault, um, to put it lightly, has been rampant. That's so fucked up. Yes. So so this is pretty startling when you sort of see the way that even before the internet... (laughs) Yeah. Disinformation could spread like like wildfire. Yeah, and cause serious fucking problems. And cause enormous. I mean, there's historians estimate it could have led to potentially thousands of people dying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a that's fucking a pretty playgrounds and their dicks. So <laughs> like, but essentially, yeah. when it comes down to it, like you know, it's not that the NT has a distrust of medicine as such. There's actually a strong history of medicine the NT with the flying doctors and whatnot. They've been working with Western medicine for ages. Yes, there's actually also a strong history of Aboriginal doctors, traditional doctors working with Western doctors. And uh, there's actually been quite a lot of respect from Royal Flying Doctors and um, clinics and they work. Actually, most clinics in remote communities would have traditional Aboriginal doctors on staff. Yeah, they've been awarded, you know, awards for by the particularly the um, psychiatric foundations. Yeah, it's interesting. They're very good with mental health. Yeah, okay. And I work with a lot of traditional Aboriginal doctors who are also artists. Oh, yeah, nice. So I know the the kind of close relationship and trust that communities have with their doctors. Yeah, and I think that many of these communities have been really groundbreaking and leading in that regard. If you look, for example, at the APY lands, which was the first region in Australia to close to the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, yeah. Okay. So they're not exactly afraid of a lockdown. It's just that all this bullshit from outside has been making people think that within these communities, they're freaking out. Lockdowns are fucking with their heads. They're all trying to escape. But realistically, it's just disinformation made by outsiders. Well, there's so much of that now and people have been very confused. There's been people saying... You know, we're just being given so many different types of information and we don't even know what, what to, to trust, do, yeah. <laughs> to, who yeah. to trust. Yeah, that's and, it. And, you know, Australia is a very large country. It's really like a, more like a continent. And yeah, yeah. so it's hard to speak about this in terms of one region. In some regions there's been incredible um, leadership from within the community, education, transparency, um, incredible work by Aboriginal doctors, and you know it's it's been it's been really amazing. And then I feel like in other communities they haven't been getting that amount of support, or they just might be a bit more. Just you know, there's a lot of really small communities as well. They don't yeah. have a, a big you know sort of well supported group to support them. So yeah, and one yeah. of the things with this is like you know when you have these sort of anti-vaxxers who are making up all this bullshit, and then some of the local are seeing it. We'll go into that later. We'll talk about Arnie Jim Mills and the whole thing with David Cole and that sort of stuff. But speaking of David Cole, for years, Sobsits have been trying to fuck with Aboriginal Australians. This has been, this is, the, the whole idea of the OSTF and stuff has all come to the fore because this David Cole dickhead's having 15 minutes of fame. And like I say, we'll talk about him later. But I think we need to just address 
the Sobsit thing of the fact that they've been targeting the mob for ages. Yeah, and it's it's a real problem with the language because you have the legitimate issue of sovereignty, absolutely indigenous sovereignty, which is a completely legitimate, 100%. you know, activist yep. cause for land rights, and yep. this is where it becomes so problematic because yep. it's very easy to use language, even yep. though sovereign citizens citizens don't call themselves sovereign citizens, no, they, they no. use the word sovereign a lot. Yeah. They yeah, love they this sovereign Fucking thing. Love it. So, you know, when you when you're going and talking to people about sovereignty, of course any person in their right mind is gonna say, Yeah. Yeah. I'm down with sovereignty, of yeah. course. Never ceded, man. Totally reasonable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> However. It's so intentional. They do this with like, yeah. you know, my body, my choice. They do yeah. this with hold the line. Hold the yeah. bloodline's really annoying, but it's like, it's yeah. clear, like, and they, you know, they, they just, they hijack things to their own thing and they giggle about it. They're like, oh, we're owning them by using it. No, you just look like cunts. But the sovereignty thing is really frustrating because that overlap is just, yeah, it sucks. And it's very interesting how it sort of came from America originally, you know, Know, with the the Moorish, and there are also some Native American um, sovereign citizens too. Wouldn't surprise me for a second. Yeah, his brain worms travel. There's been like years and years of this of this slowly sort of permeating away in various regions. South Australia, Queensland, yeah, have been ones that I've seen with land rights. Byron fucking bay. Yeah. So going back to what feels like years ago, but it was probably only a few weeks ago, <laughs> we had yeah, the, it wasn't that yeah. long ago. <laughs> the Adelaide. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> situation with Solange. Solange Goods. Yeah. Yes. Who is a sovereign citizen? She's a fucking idiot. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So she's had a she had a property property raided and they found thirteen guns, thirteen weapons. And you know, the big danger with Sovsits at the American because this is an American movement, so obviously it's been around in America for a, a lot longer. And what the American experts on on the Sovsits talk about the danger is, of course, is that the complete belief that you're com- just completely ab- above the law. Yeah. And yeah. in America that gets incredibly dangerous. We had, you know, the Oklahoma bombing was a sovereign citizen, which is one of the worst ca- you know, most yeah. violent t- things that has ever happened in America yeah. and the access to guns and things like that. Tons of shootings, tons. Yeah, so that's concerning in Australia and also the use of Aboriginal, I'm not sure if they're sovereign citizens within her group, but she certainly speaks about they totally are. a Bora court, which is, you know, New South Wales word, I think, for men's ceremony. I don't know what that's got to do with Adelaide. But- yeah, she's just talking shit basically. <laughs> And and the fact that Australia has you know never been ceded land as as an argument against pandemic ma- measures and really weaponizing these incredibly yeah. sensitive issues like it the stolen generation as well yeah yeah she talked about that yeah and that is pretty pretty disgusting yeah I she think. basically <laughs> used Aboriginal sovereignty to uh, claim that she should be able to more or less do whatever the fuck she wants because she lives in a parallel legal system but using Aboriginals as a legitimacy shield, she basically was making it up as she went along. And it's like, you don't get to do that. Like, no one's holding you to account here. There's no group of people who are actually saying, no, we'd like to deal with this ourselves with her to make sure that she's brought to account by our law. No, she wants a parallel legal system where what she did is no longer bad. That's all she wants. And she's Mm. just using First Nations people as a shield to get her there. She's just so fucking despicable. It's really painful. So yeah, like, you know, that sort of use of sovereignty and that abuse of what is very legitimate issue is one of the things that really fucks me off about them. And it's really hard, of course, you can't necessarily point the finger at Aboriginal groups with Aboriginals in them who are then saying, look, you know, we believe in this sort of parallel legal system. The constitution is not really Australia Act of bullshit, all this Rod Carlton nonsense. But you kind of just want to shake them. And it feels very sensitive because you're like, I'm not sure how much I can shake you on this, but goddamn, none of that actually makes any sense. So let's move back up to the NT. And what's the deal? Okay, so I think a lot of people are quite familiar with the NT and the way it works and the way it's... You know, it's a different sort of place. But for a lot of people, we just have no idea. You know, we live in our little cities and it's all just, you know, very urban. How is the NT different to Southeastern Australia in a few basic things? It's got areas with tight-knit communities. You've got different nations with different people who have different histories. You know, they come from different language groups. How do these 
communities generally operate? Well, there's a lot of very remote communities. I mean, the Northern Territory has some of the most remote communities in the world for a start. Yeah. And then you get, you know, the major hubs are Darwin, which is Larrakia country. Yep. And Alice Springs, which is Arunda country. Yep. So they're the, the owners of that country. And really, you know, they're the ones who have the rights to speak for their country. Yeah, and okay. Like I can't speak for Sydney because that doesn't make any sense. I'm just some <laughs> asshole who lives here. But when it comes to, you know, the Gadigal people of your own nation, they have their own situation where they can speak for their their, their place yeah. and their people. Um, yeah. But if you're an outsider, you probably shouldn't. No, it's it's not. It's so not. we're being so fucking careful. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, a, a good thing to do. And, um, you know, people move, do move around a lot um, when they can. They're, you know, sometimes people have family members in different communities. Sometimes they go into major hubs for shopping. Catherine is another major hub, by the yeah, way. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously you have different seasons. You have things like the wet season. I mean, we put it into a very simplistic European concept of two seasons. <laughs> There's actually a lot more Aboriginal seasons. That's all um, we can handle. <laughs> yeah, we can only call it the wet and the dry. Instead We're very of binary it, people. Yeah, instead of trying to learn, which is there are there, actually it's fascinating to to learn the the wonderful seasons that and the way that they work. They're quite poetic, you know. There's things like when this flower blooms, the stingray appears, and it's this yeah, season, and okay, it's really yeah, it's cool. actually really awesome, and we should all learn them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for want of a better, of a, of a more simplistic way to explain it, the wet season is coming up, obviously. And, you know, there's times where whole communities might have to be evacuated. There's cyclones and yeah. often it's the army who comes in to do that. Yeah. As people on the ground there are explaining Which is that. really interesting. <laughs> so there's an existing relationship with the army that we don't really understand. There's a very long, long, long relationship with the army that we don't understand in several ways. The first would be our, that it was our northern defence point the yeah, whole yeah, north yeah. of Australia that basically kept us safe in World War Two, and that was large, massively staffed by Aboriginal people, Norforce, for example. <laughs> and, yeah. and there is a very long history. Um, of course, Darwin is a, an enormous military base. Yeah. Uh, it's part of the US-Australian military-industrial complex, as is yes. Alice Springs with Pine yeah. Gap. Yeah, true, true. So there is Shady. A, the, yes, there is a very interesting, you know, very, very strong um, presence up there. Yeah, if I see the military walking around the streets of, say, like, you know, Marrickville, I'll be yeah. like, what the fuck is going Are we at right. war? Whereas if that happens up in the, the territory, eh, it's, it could be another Sunday. I have a great example of this, of being in water Port Keats in the Northern Territory on a Saturday morning when everyone comes into town to do their shopping at the supermarket and seeing an army tank roll down the street. Oh, fuck that. And having an absolute heart attack. Yeah, well, fair. And saying to the very senior man I was talking to, what is going on? And it was you know, the Water Air Music Festival was happening and the police cars were all being decked up with streamers and kids were taking joyrides in them <laughs> with the police. I was sort of freaking out. And, of course, it's it was quite a normal thing for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, having said that, I have also been in the Northern Territory. To, in I was outside Murujulu two days after the intervention. Ugh. So the intervention ha- began in Murujulu and I it was very, very, very terrifying for people because it wasn't handled well. So yeah. that fear is it's, it's present mm. all the time with very good reason. Yeah. They've got very good reason to distrust government. That's for damn sure. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> there was the stolen generation. People did have their babies ripped off them. This yes. this is all real history. Yeah, and it's still happening today as well. You know, in various ways. Yeah, in it is, and but it's a different scenario to. It's a very different situation to to what we might be used to in Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah. Very much so. And it's interesting to know that because like, I had no idea that the military sort of presence was actually sort of not only normal, but something like people would have experience of being assisted by military. So when they come to do COVID relief, it's like, oh, you again. Like, I don't know that by name, but like there's a familiarity. It's the same as how the Australian military 
does that internationally when there's like yeah. you know hurricanes or yeah. Yeah. you know they go they went into to places and helped out with floods and yeah. I mean that's just a, that's one of the the roles that the they roles, yeah. that they have to do yeah that's it yeah it's quite useful the things that have led a lot to the the kind of huge melodrama around this militarization of of the Northern Territory with COVID has was planted years before before COVID even hit yeah. Yeah, and that thing of like, you know, if you can have photos of people in camouflage fatigues or some sort of military uniform doing anything, you immediately think bad things. And I I get it, but they're using it for misinformation campaigns because they're fucking scum. So, look, when it comes down to the Northern Territory, we've seen these strict border controls by the Gunner government, which has generally kept the area COVID-free. But now the eastern states have let rip, things are calming down, we're seeing the inevitability of living with COVID. It was only a matter of time before COVID started wreaking havoc up there. And, like, what kind of impact does COVID have on communities up there? Like, you can't necessarily just call an AMBO if you're in a remote community and just go to hospital. They could be, like, hours away from a, a city or a hospital. Like, what's the go with that? Oh, yeah. These are some of the most remote places on the planet. Planet. I mean, I've had experiences of being out in the desert, for want of a better term, mm-hmm. and nearly stepping on one of the most deadliest snakes in the world, which, you know, if, you, if, you, if it bites you, you, you've not got very long. And the fear that I've seen on the Aboriginal people's faces when that happens because yeah. they know yeah. if the clinic doesn't have the anti-venom, you're, you know, trying to do the calculations, okay, we're like hours and from this place and, you know, can we get a, a yeah. helicopter ride and then this person is going to die on my country How that I'm responsible for. Oh, that's interesting. And it's incredibly terrifying and, you know, I actually have insur- work insurance for it. Um, <laughs> I have cro- my, yeah, my accountant calls it yeah. croc insurance. I actually have. I'm serious. Like so I really seriously do. That's so funny. That a thousand. Because I live bloom. in fear. Because I understand that there's a pandemic that's deadly, and you know, so therefore, um, you know, I'm such a scaredy cat that I have yeah. <laughs> croc insurance for my work in well, case I get attacked. Because that's the reality of my work. Apparently, bobcatter happens all the time. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it happens enough to him, but. He would. He'd probably like to see a bit of an uptick in it just to justify his comments, to be honest. But don't worry. Look, the yeah. Crocs have got nothing to worry about because the vaccine killed his entire office recently. So there's. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, he's a fucking lunatic. So. Basically, you've got a whole bunch of these remote communities, people who are doing outreach work, sort of connecting out, getting people vaccinated, which the logistics on that would be a nightmare. You've got to keep it cold and generally spreading information around COVID on the ground. And while people are on the ground doing great work, people online are countering them with that bullshit disinformation. How do you see that battle being waged? Have you sort of observed what's going on there and who's sort of winning the war? Because we see disinformation swamping the NT, but we're also seeing it from a very very south perspective. I've seen, uh, you know, Aboriginal people having amazing leadership, for example, where some leaders have spent months going and having cups of tea with every single member of the community and talking to them about their fears because of the... Of, of all of these things and Just also because of the and also because of the online bush bullshit um yeah all the bullshit is coming from outsiders whether that be people from outside who come into communities yeah, yeah. M- white people yeah um or from online yeah yeah so it's not coming from in the communities and I have heard I mean, obviously, I've been in lockdown and not being able to travel, so I haven't really been up north for the you know much really at all for the last two years. Yeah. Um, but I have heard from people who have been or are that yes, the younger people, of course, but just like all young people are online, and there's an enormous amount of misinformation that they're getting flooded with. Having said that, there's also amazing online creators who are. Aboriginal who have been doing incredible debunking work. Yeah. And really taking a lot of this on. I mean, from Briggs to all sorts of amazing people. TikTok has been a really incredible platform for I know you're not a fan. Um, but <laughs> I just hate the concept. <laughs> okay, Zoom well, suck. look, it took me years for people to like make me make me look at it as well. But there's also a lot of really interesting, you know, there's academics on it, there's Holocaust yeah. survivors on it, there's there's indigenous 
TikTok. You know, there's the stuff this you real... linked to me before was great. Yeah, and once the problem with TikTok is it's so algorithm based. So like, if you get onto a good one, you you just get constantly like so many amazing people. Yeah. Um, but if you get onto a bad one, <laughs> you get all, it's like the, there's the good side and the bad side of TikTok. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, but there's a lot of doctors it. on it. There's a lot of, ner- you know, really, really informed scientists on it and and some really amazing Aboriginal creators who, who, who are incredibly, they're yeah, yeah, very yeah. knowledgeable people and, yeah, and, and all different age groups and it's great that, that they're doing this work, so. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. Like seeing a little bit of that this afternoon was really nice. I personally find that TikTok is what I would like to call Zoomer bullshit, but that's my own prejudices. That's my own bullshit. But, you know, look, it's good to see that there is some sort of counter action happening and it's done by people like us like i said the sort of stuff this afternoon it was really good it was quite enthralling you know like they were really staunch and they were calling out anti-vaxxers telling them to fuck off and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and it was it was really it was great but when it comes down to it zooming back to the sort of organic this isn't with COVID, the first time anti-vaxxers have targeted remote communities. And this is something you may or may not be familiar with, but like, you know, the AVN, the Australian Vaccination Risks Network, who had that decked out bus with the whole vaxxed thing, you know, the Mm. basically themed around the film by absolute piece of shit Andrew Wakefield and they'll go to these communities and they'll do viewings of the film to basically scare the shit out of them now this is been this has been happening for years to scare them off the MMR vaccine is this something that's had a residual effect or do you think that most of the stuff you've been seeing is from the last she's what two weeks slash one year like is there yeah. a residual effect from these assholes going to remote communities and trying to scare them out of the needle well there, there were those doctors recently with well kenya that tried to come in there okay you know the quacks who were against vaccine i don't know i haven't heard that one oh, I have to look it up. yeah they got kicked out good and the community you know a lot of these communities are really strong and they they you know a lot of regions have permit systems and things like this so uh, they, yeah. you can't get it's not like you can just waltz in there like people from the south think you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> it doesn't work it. like that. Yeah. And even if you know someone, it doesn't necessarily work like that. Yeah. They have land councils. There's a northern land council. There's a central land council, you know. So this Vax bus is probably just going to the closest place they can get to. I don't know this 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 Vax this bus, but it sounds similar to what happened in um, years ago with measles in, in the Pacific, which yeah. led to a, a terrible outbreak. Horrific, and it's devastating. Horrific. There was the anti-vax bus, the sort of sit bus that went up around, went on a northern tour. Yeah, yeah. It um, could even be the same bus. I don't know. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they all seem to be the same sort of multi-headed beast at the moment. They're now. cut from the same cloth. It's, it's, yeah. There's a woman named Meryl Dory who's been making this her life's work and it's just like, can you do something else? Uh, it's really annoying. There's actually a great um, uh, documentary from uh, that Jane Hansen did. I can't remember what it's called now on the spot. Basically, it's a fantastic piece and she tears shreds off Meryl Dory and it's great because she just looks like a fuckwit and Jane is just so staunch and brutal. It's Anyway, just look it up. It's fantastic. Okay. So basically you've got this sort of, you know, disinformation campaign about the NT and it's gone from vaguely targeting the NT as a bit of like a sort of like perceived soft target for their bullshit into a bit of a psyop. You know, we've talked about the outsiders. We've talked about all this sort of disinformation coming from elsewhere. This whole sort of like manufactured campaign to fuck with the heads of people in the territory. But a lot of this kicked off with the fact that people need to hear an authentic voice from the area. And Auntie June Mills was just taken for a ride. She came out with that fiery video on Facebook claiming that people being held down and vaccinated against their will. And I don't blame her for being angry. I mean, like in that situation when she made that video, she decided not to get vaccinated. And there was a government policy that basically said if she didn't get vaccinated, they would remove her from her social housing. So they, she became homeless on the back of these principles. And these principles may be built on disinformation. She shares real ruction shit. I mean, like, you know, that's a bit sad. But at the end of the day, she's homeless, she's angry, and she's very susceptible to proper bullshit. Now, look, at the end of the day, the policy when it came to the social housing thing, maybe that's to protect the area from COVID and that's fine. But that doesn't change the fact that she's homeless and that doesn't quite feel right. Yeah, look, it was really upsetting. And June Mills has been a grassroots activist for decades and I feel really terrible for her in 
I suppose that she was really used, I think, by these people. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. you I think you are very onto it in the way that they operate. Yeah. Oh, they they definitely use her as a sort of like a token voice that they can legitimize their bullshit with and then add to it on the side. It's just awful. And she's a victim of victim of disinformation for sure. Her credibility's been shot as a result of believing bullshit yeah, from Yeah, She's a traditional owner for Darwin, you know. Yeah. It's it's very, very that's very disturbing. I am pleased to have seen Jacinta Price stand up to this yeah, that disinformation. Was I don't it was want aw- to like her, but you know. <laughs> it was awkward. It awkward. was awkward. But I have been watching the Institute of Public Affairs, which I know she was working with. For yeah. years, yeah, that's planting yeah. A, an enormous amount of propaganda, and they've really amped it up during the pandemic. Yeah, really we- amped it up. They are behind, massively behind, a lot of this so-called Australia has fallen tyranny, Australia rubbish that has been planted overseas. So, so just going back to Auntie June. So, like, they started a GoFundMe for her, and it's running about six hundred bucks. I just checked before; it's about six ninety now. Monica Smith went to jail for being. Like refusing bail conditions and having a tantrum, and she got three hundred thousand dollars in like three days. Arvi Yemeni brings in hundreds of thousands of dollars to fight imaginary fines. Topher Field got a hundred thousand dollars to make a dumbass documentary that isn't going to be any good. It's just going to be a whole bunch of them masturbating into a camera. But this figure puts a dollar amount on how much they actually care about people making a stand in the NT, people who sacrifice for their cause. They don't give a shit about Arnie June. She's just a fucking token for them to sacrifice into the fire. And when she's living in a fucking car, they can't even throw her a 50 when they can give Nathan Buckley half a million dollars to do frivolous lawsuits in a fucking... It just just drives me nuts. Yeah, that's just disgusting. I don't even have any words for that. It just really... It's very revealing, isn't it? It just... It speaks absolute fucking volumes. Mm. And, like, look, you know, while the video kicked off a storm and it's still being circulated everywhere despite the retraction, she did retract it. Someone got into her ear and told her it was bullshit. And that's good. You know, like, she basically said, okay, look, I got this wrong. I'm sorry. I've had conversations with trusted people and, you know, I I retract my comments. But the damage is done, which is really sad. But the, the other damage that's done is she still remains homeless and these people have abandoned her. And they're just such shit people. I just can't get past it but so basically in her attraction video she mentioned people offering to drive up and help like this is just massive white savior complex in full swing but it's also the narcissism of the movement because they think if they just arrive there everything's just gonna be fixed but realistically they're just gonna be a burden it's just like you know the whole kevin from queensland and i'm here to help thing but help fucking what kevin actually did help because he went to canberra which is kind of his place what are you gonna do What the fuck are you going to do? June had to say in her video explicitly, don't come here. There's no plan. Where are you going to go? It's wet season and you're just going to rock up and you're just going to take up space demanding to be accommodated by locals because you're there with your fucking great grace. I don't know, like bartering, like reiki treatments for a fucking place to stay. Just stay home. No one fucking wants you there. But the thing is, anti-vaxxers, they've got this good versus evil battle. They see themselves as heroes. They see themselves as going up there and saving Aboriginals from genocide. Half of them don't have fucking jobs, but inexplicably have a lot of cash. It's just one of those things where it's just like you just have these rich entitled children going up and causing shit. And they're up there saying, mate, you don't understand us. Go away. It's honestly, basically all these people are just getting money from their parents to do this. I swear to God. This this actually reminds me of like what happened in America a few years ago with the water. Yeah. And, you know, same thing. All these hippies rocked up and the Native Americans were like, you're actually not helping. Yeah. You're actually just getting in the way. Yeah. You're consuming resources we need. Can you just fuck off now? Yeah. Like, this is a really big problem. This is, and it's sort of just become intensified over the over the pandemic with um, a lot of new age anti-vaxxers going to Aboriginal music festivals, for example, taking up a lot of space, um, not behaving appropriately, um, not following Aboriginal etiquette and yeah. law not learning about aboriginal etiquette and law and yeah this is this is the it writ large of course we had 
I don't know how much about this I can say, but we had a person from Melbourne who's a very major person in the anti-vax movement saying that he was going to go up north. I call him the chlamydia koala of the movement. (laughs) Yeah, which makes it even more concerning that he was... He said, "Quite." I mean, I can repeat this because he said it himself online in a public forum on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, the the height of that is just unbelievable to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that he was planning to enter the Northern Territory illegally, unvaccinated. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you going to do there? Just cause shit? Perhaps bring a deadly pa- pandemic we had into COVID community recently. Yeah. <laughs> He then got COVID after well, he said this. We believe so, yeah. Well, maybe potentially. Well, potentially, mm, potentially. It was was not well. Was not well. I mean, you don't it. even enter communities with a cold, okay? Yeah. So, like, I am not allowed to enter a community with a cold, let alone a flu, let alone fucking a, a, COVID. A highly, highly contagious virus. Yeah. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. And one of the things I will give as a bit of like a sort of disclaimer on that is like, you know, when there was a water crisis in Walgett and stuff like that, um, a friend of mine, Andy Mason, they went with good activists. Uh, They did um, like, you know, like a fundraiser, which was, you know, legit. They went to Woolies and just bought crates of water to take to people who didn't have water. I can't, I must disclaim that not everyone who goes and helps out people in situations especially when it's like you know sort of white fellas helping out black fellas stuff like that it's not all bad what's bad mm. is when some fucking dickhead who uses the word sovereignty a lot who has a fucking dream catcher on their rearview mirror goes out there and turns up and says it's fixed now by the way what's for dinner like i'm just you know and that's and potentially can can introduce, you know, disease and encourage a spread of disease. Yeah, because yeah, they're fucking plague rats. I mean, I did a project in Walgut too for with the water and the drought and it was initiated by the elders group and yep. they, the community told us what they wanted to do and we responded to what they wanted That's to exactly do. That's exactly it. With respect. With Oh, absolutely! It was it was an incredible experience for all of us, and and you know I I really hope that it that it achieved something. Yeah. Um. So there's nothing wrong with being active. I think more Australians need to be active in you know the cross cultural space, and yeah. they we need to engage more deeply with Aboriginal people and learn more. Uh, however, yeah, it's we have to be aware. And even I am every day of the amount of conditioning we have as as settler colonials, and we just do, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's just the reality of living in a you know a British colonial country like With Australia. A colonial mindset. Yeah. 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 So a lot of the bullshit, as we said, is coming from overseas. These disinformation peddlers started the whole Australia's Fall On campaign to create this image of us as this dystopian nightmare and a picture of what's to come for them in the US and other Western countries. That's how it works. They say, look at them, that's going to be us. And they like make up this bizarre idea that we're all fucked up. So we've got people like Stu Peters, who is a complete piece of shit. Candace Owens, piece of shit. Tucker Carlson, basically a Nazi. Laura Ingram, I don't even get her. She's just bizarre. But both fringe dwellers and these mainstream bullshit artists have been hard at work to make Australia into this case study of tyranny. But it's not all these usual suspects. These are the ones we all know about because they're so mainstream now. One thing that you were saying, and I I know you've been riled up because you want to get at this one, Josie Cashman from the IPA, and not the delicious beer, but the Institute of Public Affairs, this dickhead right-wing libertarian think tank. Most of you will know it, some of you won't. It's like a lobby group slash psyop group, apparently, that spread these ideas of freedom but it's their idea of freedom. It's, you know, white freedom all around the world for everyone to enjoy. What the fuck have they been up to? Because I don't know anything about this. Oh, Western civilization, Joel. Oh, yeah. With like a, a capital Western and a capital civilization. <laughs> I could learn that at university, apparently. Oh, it's, you know, it's being eroded and uh, something must be done. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's about that, time. I think that's what I think that's what the IPA is all about. Like, I can't yeah, really work be. out what they are. They remind me of, like, the 80s with these, like, American think tanks and they were, you know, you get end up with, like, Rush Limbaugh, like, carrying on about the First Amendment or something, which yeah. we're kind of still seeing now, obviously. Um, there are heaps of think tanks, Cato Institute, all sorts of Oh, just, yeah. All- so, yeah, and and it's interesting because they also have been, have been um, 
wooing the Aboriginal vote, as, as we might say. Interesting. With Josephine Cashman and um, Jacinta Price. Interesting. And, yeah, look, I think that what you were saying before about the way that these overseas groups w- work, I think what happens is more that what I've observed is you get these groups in Australia who do these things, Agenda 21, Australia has fallen, tyranny Australia, all this stuff. They feed it overseas to propaganda websites. So there's these websites like the Exposé yeah. and they, they copy MSM, even like the look of them, you know, so they look like a legitimate website. So people have been talking about this one with the Washington Post or the Washington News and things. Um, So there's like, there's this one called the Exposé, which is an English one. And they were, they're quite big, these websites, because a lot of the disinformation has been shut down online in terms of social media. People just create websites and then they just like post it or link or share it with each other. Yeah. So even though it might be, oh, Facebook is getting rid of anti-vax groups. Isn't that great? Yeah, but then they'll just go and, like, create these websites. Yeah, exactly. I've even yeah. seen one called that seriously actually li- really calls itself the BBG, not the BBC. Wow. And it's basically a, a deluded man in his basement ranting into a microphone doing his one-man play about how the vaccine is a eugenics thing to kill off old people. And just hoping you mistake that for the BBC, basically. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like they want to be yeah. the BBC, but they have no journalistic skills or the ability to write coherent sentences. No. So let alone go and become a journalist and or a cadet. Or so this is their revenge. I don't know. If that's yeah. What I feel like I, it's just I, another way of of getting their propaganda out. But yeah, exactly. They're just propaganda machines. But they are. but yeah. So it feeds in over there. Right, and then it feeds back over here. Exactly, it's it's symbiotic. So it's like this sort of inter, yeah, it's this it's this international worldwide web of of propaganda, and everybody gets you know incredibly high off the the melodrama of, yeah. of all this stuff, and in there's comment threads. You know, um, it's particularly great when the comment threads get hijacked by working from home bots because they get really <laughs> yeah, annoyed yeah, by that. Right. Yeah, you showed me that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that that's a really good that's a really good good that time. Very good. That's a very good. They get very angry. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, like, wow. why would I fall for a crypto scam? <laughs> why are they there then? <laughs> So I just looked up Josie Cashman on um, Josephine Cashman on uh, Twitter, and uh, she's blocked me. So that's cool. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I don't think we've ever interacted. I think she just saw me. Oh, and went, we're still him. friends. Yeah. Like, no, I, I'm just like, I, I'm, I hope she's okay because, like, she went full Q. Oh, a she's while super ago. Q. She's Obviously, super Q. can still see her Twitter wall. It's fucked. It's yeah. Fucked. Mates of Mick McMurtry, into Ricardo Bozzi. She's talking about all the Luciferian bullshit. She's fucking lost her mind. I, I don't know how I've missed her. She seems like a really obvious person to know about. Um, yeah. I feel like I've sort of dropped the ball on that one. Picked up the ball now, though. She's oh, fucked. Oh, yeah. She, she was a big, massive fucked. part of the They're Not Real Aboriginal People campaign. Oh, charming. Oh, and was, got, nice. was very, very bull- not, not very nice to... Lots of very clever, brilliant people on Twitter. Including myself. Blocked. (laughs) Blocked. Bunch of bullshit. I fucking draw the line. This is absurd. I didn't even know who you were, really. I heard your name, but that's it. But oh, the I'm- only person who's ever blocked me is like Matthew Guy. I like I never get blocked. I, if Matthew- you ever need screenshots, I'm your I'm your man. Like- oh, it's okay. Incognito <laughs> windows, everything is fine. Okay. I know my way around this. Don't worry. I'll make a like, soft puppet if I have to. I don't know. I'm just so insignificant. Like, like I'm not even important enough to be. Blocked, I like so to so- think that I'm I'm <laughs> hanging around the fringes, but apparently no, I'm a. I'm, I'm a block worthy person. I see it all the time, like seeing someone that's like, you know, this this post is, you know, this this person's uh, limiting their tweets thing. And I'm like, who's blocked me now? Like, who the fuck is that? So look, let's get out of Twitter and back to David Cole. That video that he did where he claimed the vaccines were going to kill 15 million people, which is funny because like, I guess some of us survive because there's more than 15 million people vaccinated in Australia. And he said they were bioweapons in this video. He appealed to fucking Candace Owens to save us. Like, what? So David Cole is a part of
Pilot OSTF, as we explained before, the original Sovereign Tribal Federation, and their main man is Mick McMurtry, who I just saw is in a pinned tweet on Josephine Cashman's Twitter wall. So well done, her. So he spent years selling bullshit to these vulnerable people who are in trouble, don't know what to do, and they buy his get-out-of-jail-free cards, use them in court, and just get slapped by the judge. He is elbow deep in the incredibly sketchy Nightcap Village project that Pete Evans is involved in and has massive ties with Rod Cullerton because, I don't know, it's a symbiotic relationship where he gives Rod Cullerton legitimacy and they talk about the Constitution not existing. It's something about the Australia Act because they're fucking morons. But the video got shared a lot as proof of what's happening up there with this crew of blackfellas sitting around to make it look legit. Like, oh, there's more than one of them. They call him an elder, but he's not really well respected up there, is he? Mm, I don't know him, but um, I have seen um, people up there who are quite uh, important community leaders say that he's done some good work with youth, but he's the only person speaking in that video. He's, you know, not an elder and isn't speaking for Darwin where a lot of the events, to call them something, they're not protests, have been held. So, yeah, look, I... I, th- I would just say he's a sovereign citizen. Yeah, he is. He's a sovereign citizen. He's, he's yeah. doing exactly. And that's the thing, like, you know, he's saying he's not an elder and this has been an interesting discourse where Briggs has been really pushing this on Twitter because I think it got under his skin and he was tweeting, this is a quote, for my white audience, when a black fella bestows the elder title upon themselves. It's like when someone tries to make their own nickname up and have you refer to them as such. And also said, another tweet, let community consensus dictate who our elders are, yeah? If you refer to someone as uncle, auntie, chief and our reaction is a grimacing face or a woozy face take that on board (laughs) yes yes that's right well briggs has been an an amazing voice of reason throughout he he has been very very incredibly strong and good oh i i and i am amazed at the remarkable work of his community the yorta yorta in up in shepparton and how well they have handled COVID and I think I I just think it's remarkable I think like I don't know give him all the arts funding or something like seriously he's just like make him the yeah, like Briggs for PM, totally. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, let's. I mean, he has really stepped up, and I think. I think that it's very difficult. You know, it, it, people anti-vaxxers are so touchy, man. Like, they get really, yeah, very yeah, angry are. very quickly, and they they, they threaten to kill you. Like, they Their threaten to lives hunt, don't work. They they don't, and they really. You know, they threaten to, like, find out where you live and, you know, yeah. it's quite... That's their thing. It's quite daunting, you know? Yeah, yeah. Briggs is not flinching, though. No, and he's he's handled it very, very well. I, yeah, I, yeah, I like I'm, that. I'm just, you know, really relieved that there are people like that. And there's been a, there's been some other really brilliant rappers and people speaking like this too. And, and That's good. I just think, you know... They're leaders, yeah. and this this is this is really really important because yeah. it's the difference between being a cult leader, yeah. and being a leader. Yeah, that's it. You know, I'm seeing a lot of this stuff as being very similar to Heaven's Gate. You know, it's a death cult. Like, you know, all this stuff about you're going to die, and we know, you know, this is all death cult stuff. Oh, totally, hundred percent. This is this is Jonestown. This is you know. And, I mean, they're basically drinking the Kool-Aid now, you know, having COVID parties or... Yeah, it's pretty fucking sad. So one of the things we saw at the Sydney protest was Uncle Max Harrison, who actually runs as a candidate for IMOP, the Informed Medical Options Party, who are just anti-vaxxers, doing a welcome to country... And, of course, you know, he sat there and called Australia a corporation. The vaccines are poison. The thing is that Max is a Ewan man and he was on Eora land. What is the significance of that? Because that didn't ring right for me at the time. It's just completely illegal under Aboriginal law. Yeah, it's just, it's it's just not cool. D- d- no. <laughs> yeah. It's not done. Like I, I said before, yeah. you only speak for the country of, of, of your country. You, you, you have no authority to speak for another person. So non-Indigenous people um, 
you know, not understanding protocol, basic protocol, basic protocol. I mean, this is something that you literally would Google if you were running an event and you wanted to have a welcome to country, you would literally Google this and find it out in five seconds that you must have a traditional owner of that country speaking for that country. But, of course, (laughs) it's politically expedient for IMOP to put their guy out on the stage Get him known, get people behind him, make all the fucking hippies say how amazing he was and how emotional his speech was, as opposed to getting someone from the area, which I'm sure if they really wanted to, they'd find, but it wasn't politically expedient for them because they wouldn't be running for their political campaign next year. I mean, Mm. that to me is just that typical opportunism from these scummy, shitty people. So this is the thing, man. Like, you know, you've got a welcome to country by someone who doesn't actually come from there. And then they platform one nation in the next minute warmly embrace racist extremists never tell them to leave protest these people are clearly not interested in first nations people in any way shape or form but use them as tools so i saw alongside uncle max guys wearing voice of first nations t-shirts so obviously i had to look that up and i saw their terrible instagram profile it's just an astroturf group done by the imop the 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 anti-vaxxer party it is unbelievably deceiving that instagram page it's actually terrifying the extent to which that they have appropriated land rights and really serious activist causes in a very deceptive way in their early posts people were liking them thinking that they were a legitimate aboriginal activist group good people intelligent people people who know what's up because they they are they have just been so blatant at hijacking legitimate activism which totally derails and distracts from the serious work which needs to still be done right now it's yeah. not going away because of covid like we still need to to address all these issues that aboriginal and torres strait islander activists are are working on yeah and i am absolutely just yeah really horrified that 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 instagram account yeah I I don't even know where to start with it. It's yeah. just so bad and it's so it just shows the lengths that people will go to, you know, to pretend and I mean I felt felt like sending out like a mass warning about it because it was that deceptive and good people yeah. were being fooled by it who are not people who who are easily fooled. And it's embarrassing to have your like attached to that. I mean like you put you put something on there and your name comes up saying you like this post from these fucking lunatics. Yeah, but it's because it looks like a really good yeah. cause. That's how the it looks like, works. That's yeah, how it looks works, like man. it looks like a really legitimate. These people don't only lie, but they 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 craft their lies. They're good liars. And the thing is, so the usual suspects are added as well. You can see in the fact that there's Reignite Democracy Australia urging people to take action in the NT. Yeah, I'm on their mailing list, whatever. But in an email they sent me, they were reaching out for so-called NT activators to start community groups, whatever the fuck that means. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Activate NT, start community groups? No one wants you there. You're all in Melbourne. There's probably like 10 of you in the Northern Territory, really. I mean, fucking ridiculous. And then you've got Taylor Winterstein from Tay's Way, who's just a poisonous peddler of vaccine disinformation with a narcissistic bent. Seemingly endless money from her footballer husband, but fuck, she's good at fundraising. She's branched out her awful Freedom Keepers brand into creating a First Nations chapter. Oh, thanks. And the fact that she's Pacifica might give her a little bit of credit here, and I get that, but this is just yet another bullshit campaign to spread disinformation of people they believe I think fairly racistly will be susceptible to their bullshit some kind of soft target like as if aboriginals are gullible or something no you're gullible you fucking cunts and aboriginals are kicking back at your bullshit and you're probably really frustrated but you're still trying that's terrifying (laughs) it's all terrifying what are they going to do what are they going to do they've started fundraising money The First Nations Freedom Keepers donation appeal raised over $25,000. Need I remind you that Auntie June, who's homeless because she refused the vaccine and got kicked out of her social housing, is around 690. So trying to spread COVID and the measles, tons of donations. Someone who's a victim of their bullshit, that the basically, let's face it, this $25,000 is meant to make more people homeless because that's their ultimate plan. Nah, you don't get anything. That's what these people are like. 
go and ruin people's lives, and then high-five each other at their wake. I mean, it's just, it's fucking awful. Yeah, so it really makes you wonder, doesn't it, how much yeah. of it is all just a grift. Oh, it's total grift, and it's also like a hobby. You know, like It's this a is hobby grift, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's something to do on the weekend. Yeah. Oh, look, oh, let's, let's spread awareness. Let's let's spread truth. Let's let's make some more cool merch. Oh, we've got, we got $25,000. Let's spread the truth, and then everyone will see us as saviors because we're saving them from untruth like fuck off so all right we'll we'll move on to the meat in my anger sandwich and look this is just because like maybe i'm just like a sentimental child but they went after ernie dingo who the fuck goes after ernie dingo i love how irate you're getting about this because he's i just think he's a super cool dude he's great you you think he's a national treasure fuck yes absolutely (laughs) pure national treasure love it I love it. Look, my experience of Ernie Dingo is seeing him do a perfect to camera in the middle of a storm on the outside of a boat, walking on the prow of the boat while the poor cameraman held on for dear life and the rest of us pathetic white people sat inside trying not to throw up from seasickness. (laughs) And he looked like he was strolling through a park on a perfectly still day. Just his... You know, obviously, maybe a national treasure. And he fucking is. Absolutely. He, he's handled this horrific amount of abuse and death threats and things like this yeah, incredibly cool, well. Yeah. And he's uh, he's hardcore. Do not don't, don't even go there with him, man. Yeah, like, yeah that's it. Yeah, he, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna win. Yeah, because come with the king. You better bring a knife. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, same with Jack Charles. You know, these people have probably experienced more hardcore things in their lives than, than any of these little, you know, sport rich kids from Melbourne. Have yeah, fuck you. Like, Absolutely. seriously, I don't think that any of us would be able to have ha- handle one day in some the life that these people have had. Yeah, that's it. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Just couldn't hack it. <laughs> but no, we, we would. No, we'd be calling for our mummies. Like seriously, you'd be, these you'd be people. Puking in the cabin. <laughs> you know, like Jack Charles. You know, he's he's from Old Fitzroy, man. I mean, I'm from Old Fitzroy too, but not the Old Fitzroy that Jack Charles is from. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the real old Fitzroy. The thing that really shit me with the Ernie Dingo thing, like I saw the tweet, but then when I was checking out this Voice of First Nations IMOP group, just the comments on a picture of him, you know, saying Ernie Dingo, blah, 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 you know, genocide this, genocide that. And the comments were so vicious and so clueless and all these Aboriginal fucking flag sort of like, you know, pictures as the display pictures, you know that it's going to be there for two weeks before you move on to some other fucking thing. It'll end up being a chalkboard when you start harassing children at schools in a couple of weeks. But it's that just frustrating fucking thing, the viciousness. It's just gross. But I think, you know, it's like when um, Pete Evans went after Magda Zabansky and called her fat. And she's like, Pete, I didn't like that. Everyone just went, Pete, fuck you. Between Magda and you, you lose big time. No one actually likes you, but at this point, we're all starting to really wonder whether maybe we should have ever watched your shit show in the first place. You're a bit of a cunt, aren't you? This is one thing I've finally got to go to, which is handing it to Michael Gunner, Chief Minister of the NT, who did not mince his words when it comes to these fuckwits. I absolutely love watching and hearing this. This is the kind of, like, you know, I would have loved to have seen Paul Keating's hot take on this if he was standing at the fucking question time. He quite correctly stated that most of the disinformation comes from tinfoil, and this is a quote, tinfoil hat wearing tosses sitting in their parents basements in florida and it just felt good to hear that but i'll i'll give i'll I'll go the full quote, which is, Hello to all the conspiracy theorists overseas watching this. Please get a life. There are ridiculous, untrue rumors about the ADF's involvement. And as we all know, they aren't carrying weapons. They are carrying fresh food for people. 99.99% of the BS that is flying around the internet about the territory is coming from flogs outside the territory, mostly America, Canada, and the UK. People who have nothing better to do than make up lies about us because their own lives are so small and so sad so true if anybody thinks we are going to be distracted or intimidated by tinfoil hat wearing tosses sitting in their parents basements in florida then you don't know us territorians honestly gunner i don't really know you territorians but i'm starting to fucking like you but this is the thing did that actually cut through? So for me, guy in inner city Sydney cut through hard because it's exactly what I wanted to hear. But it seems like that was a lot for white people to feel better. Were black fellows on the ground sort of, you know, do you reckon they were feeling that? Or 
is the thing more the on the ground stuff that's really the grassroots action? I think we need awareness across Australia. So, like, I think that non Indigenous people need to be aware of the history of pandemics on this country. So, yeah. any time that there's the pe- Chief Minister of the Northern Territory who's talking frankly about what's going on, I'm thrilled. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's it. We all support each other as a as a country, and I'm not sure what. I'm sure there would have been, you know, people who thought it was wonderful in in who live in Aboriginal communities, and some who who might not have. I don't yes. know. It is. I probably say. just like us. They probably were people going, yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, you tell it, them yeah. because there are there, there probably were people who were also really quite annoyed about um, the international aspect of it because yeah. Aboriginal people have already received so much terrible treatment in the media. There's been a lot of history where there's been just a balance of the so-called, you know, negative stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you don't really hear much about a lot of the amazing things that go on in communities. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. there's a lot of really amazing things that go on in communities and it's always been, you know, an image of like a poor child or, yeah, yeah, you know. Exactly, yeah. And so this is kind of like a similar situation because yeah. you've got people internationally. Uh, it's really patronising. It's very infantilizing. Mm. It's very like yeah. you, you, you poor victims you know you're so oppressed and it's like people have agency these are some of the smartest most knowledgeable people I've ever met and they run things you know people there's a lot yes there's issues with with obviously government overreach there's a lot of issues here but also Aboriginal people and communities they run their communities. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they have agency and I think that what Gunnar was addressing in that was great in that way because he was saying, look, you guys over there don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he did the same thing to Ted Cruz, which was fantastic <laughs> on his Twitter. Good. Good. And he was like, excuse me, you know, it's, and it's this thing again of America doing what America does where it goes in and, you know, saves a country in effect to, to get its oil or, you know, to, to it's, it's a, it's a problem and it's completely ridiculous. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. So I think that a lot of people would have been happy about that because it just addressed that issue of, of, like, don't patronise us, man. Like, we're yeah. fine. We can handle it ourselves. We're not being, you know, held at gunpoint no. here. And That's what they there's, think. there's a lot of situations all around the world where there are people who are in wars and, um, you know, maybe we should think about that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's yeah, like that basically is it. Like one of the things I think we're picking up here is that when it comes to the NT, it is its own little sort of planet. And the idea of outsiders fucking with it, whether it be fucking jumped up hippies who want to jump in their fucking VWs and drive up to the territory and be like, hey, what can I do to help? Oh, um, is anyone got like a, a, a bottle of water? Like just fucking stay home. And then you've got the situation where, you know, this, this fiction of – making Australia this tyrannical state that can be just used as some sort of whiteboard for what they want to scare the shit out of their own population with Ted Cruz just being a political opportunist using it like any other fucking American. They're all just fucking cocks. But at the end of the day, what would happen if they had their way, if Andy Lax had their way, if Soz Hits had their way, what would happen is that the NT would be ravaged by COVID and it would be a logistical nightmare. Medical administrations would be, unlike a lot of the sort of the whinging we've done, properly compromised because, I mean, you have to get fucking helicopters to get people out of areas. It would be really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, think of how under-resourced the regions are of New South Wales or Victoria and then imagine in terms of hospitals, and then imagine that in an, you know, a remote situation where you've you've got a one clinic, you know, or one doctor. I mean, it's not like there's ICUs lying around. 
and we shouldn't be even considering, you know, getting into communities at all yeah. because the situation is just, it, it's not feasible. And this is a big part of why South Australia, Western Australia, Northern Territory and Queensland have had to be really strict about borders and things because yeah. Aboriginal people, there's a high percentage of Aboriginal communities in those states and territory and I don't think that non-Indigenous Australians understand that it's not all about you and you wanting to go to your holiday because once it's gone, it's gone, you know, and it will rip through. The Navajo in America were the worst impacted community by COVID under Trump and now they're the high, you know, then they became the highest vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, and I was so relieved we didn't have Trump in Australia because of that reason. So, um, right, but at least we have the states and territories with their premiers and their... They've been very good. ...people, the, you know, the chief minister in the Northern Territory and because they actually understand this... Yeah. And we weren't taught any of this at school, none of us. I only know about this history because I've spent 10 years researching it, you know. Yeah, that's it. It's not something we come across at all. No. We We glaze over it at best. I was told when I was a child, you know, what happened to Aboriginal people? Oh, they died out. Yeah. Nobody said what from. Nobody said how. I mean, it's not even true, obviously. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah, even yeah. true. Yeah. Um, but this was the sort of the lie that we were we were told. Yeah. So, you know, we don't understand why is McGowan being so hard-ass on border closures? Why is Steve Marshall, why, why are people being, well, because it cannot get in. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you for coming on, Emily. That was fantastic. It was I would say both infuriating but also somewhat hopeful in the fact that, you know, there's a bit of a, a counterbalance of all the bullshit because I only ever really see the nasty stuff. But seeing some of that nice stuff you sent me this afternoon, I'm like, hold on, there is something going, someone's kicking back. Oh, so no, may- you're going to have to get on TikTok, John. I know, I don't want to. I don't, <laughs> don't want to. Don't go there. It's bad. It'll give you seizures. Mate, but- mate I'm on Telegram, so I probably should have <laughs> yeah, TikTok to counter tr- it, really. <laughs> well, I'll just send you nice little videos of, of amazing, um, creators who are, you know, Aboriginal people who are doing really, really great work. Send me nice things. Yeah. And I'll take them. They give us all hope and um, all power to them. We've, Absolutely. You know, we've got you back. Well, I'm just hoping the fight for NT is exactly like everything else in the anti-vax universe, which is incredibly short and incredibly stupid. Their attention span can be measured in milliseconds at the best of fucking times. And once they milk this hysteria for clicks and donations and wreak havoc in remote areas of Australia, they'll eventually take the hint, fuck off, and move on to a next target. God knows what that's going to be. I'm thinking it's the kids. We're going to see. These people are scum. We already knew that. Thanks you so much for coming on. Thanks, Joel. Cheers, mate.